Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. This is episode 34 with Casey Kindler of the Animal Ag Alliance. So Casey's going to tell us about what the Animal Agriculture Alliance is all about, kind of how they talk about the livestock industry, some misconceptions going on, and how they're all about bridging the gap between farm and fork, kind of similar to what we're doing, which is really cool. Also, do not forget about our $50 Amazon gift card giveaway. So if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen this. All you've got to do to enter the contest, you've got to leave a written review on iTunes and tag three of your friends on our Facebook post or our Instagram post about the contest. Or if you're not on iTunes and you follow on a different app, just hit the follow button on your app of choice and then screenshot it and send us a picture on Instagram or Facebook just to let us know that you did follow us on your app. If you've already written a review, great, you are already entered. So if you're not, which I know some of you aren't, go leave a review. Leave five stars, four stars, whatever, preferably five stars. Let us know what you think of the podcast. It helps us out a ton. The contest will go until December 1st, and then we will announce the winner of the contest, and they will get a $50 Amazon gift card. So anyway, really cool contest. Leave a review. This is episode 34 with Casey Kindler of Animal Ag Alliance. All right. Well, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, Casey Kindler. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So you are with Animal Agriculture Alliance. So before we get kind of started about how you got started in Animal Agriculture Alliance, tell us about your background and kind of how you're not exactly from a farm and then how you got started with Animal Agriculture Alliance. Yeah, sure. So I did not grow up on a farm. Um, I wasn't even involved in 4-H or FFA or anything like that. I actually grew up about 25 miles southwest of Washington, D.C., uh, so definitely not from the rural background at all, um, 
but I was always very interested in science and animals. And so, of course, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a veterinarian. So once I graduated high school, uh, I knew that Auburn University had a really good vet program. So I applied there, got in. And so that's really when I first got my foot on the ground in the more rural area. Uh, so I went down there and I you know, started with all of my animal science classes, all of the chemistry classes and everything and absolutely loved it. And then physics came along. And so physics wasn't really my friend too much. And, you know, even in high school, I knew that I really loved communication. I loved writing. I loved reading, but I never saw it as a career. Um, so I knew that when I realized I didn't want to be a, vet a veterinarian anymore, it just the passion wasn't there anymore for me. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in the College of Agriculture. And so I knew that because, you know, once I was at Auburn, all of my friends, all of my colleagues, all of my, you know, different classmates, that most of them all grew up on a farm or their families, you know, grew up on the farm or they had a farm somewhere in their family line. And so they really, just listening to them and listening to their passions about either growing up on the farm or just talking about farming and agriculture, it just really made me want to stay with them and really, you know, use my skills as a communicator to help them, you know, further their business, to help other people understand why they do what they do. So that's kind of how I got started is, you know, I, I was that girl, you know, every girl wants to be a veterinarian. So I was that girl, but the path kind of changed, but I knew I wanted to stay within agriculture once I met the people in agriculture. That's really cool. I like that. Um, I always think that vets have a really cool and kind of very difficult job. And we kind of have a similar story because I didn't really grow up on a farm. The closest farm we had, well, my grandpa had a catfish farm, but that was basically it. And then I kind of saw people in the ag industry and got to be friends with a lot of them and kind of just fell in love with it. So that's a really cool background. Um, so tell us about kind of how you got started with Animal Agriculture Alliance and what the alliance is all about. Sure. So um, while I was in my uh, doing my undergrad at Auburn, uh, a couple of my friends were competing in this thing called College Aggies Online. And so I didn't really know what it was. Um, but then once I was starting to look for more opportunities for internships, um, I came across the Animal Agriculture Alliance just, you know, searching online. And then I realized that College Aggies Online was one of their programs. And so what I did was I got one of my friends, I interviewed her uh, about her experience in College Aggies Online, and that's what I submitted to the Alliance as kind of one of my writing samples. Um, so I think that was uh, a strategic part um, on my part is, you know, making sure that I did some research into the organization I was hopefully uh, wanting to get an internship with. And I actually didn't get the internship at first, so I actually started, uh, did my first internship with uh, the Alabama Cooperative Extension System. So got some more uh, skills under my belt there, writing news stories, interviewing experts in their field, uh, doing a lot of, you know, going out to the 4-H events and, and covering those things. And then I applied again to the uh, Animal Ag Alliance because it was in my hometown. So it's right in the Washington, D.C. area, and I got it. Um, so that's kind of my start with the Alliance. As far as who the Alliance is, it is a nonprofit organization, and it was founded in 1987, so it's over 30 years old, but not a lot of people know about it. Um, so we, our basic mission is to bridge the communication gap between farm and fork. So like I said before of how I wanted to stay within the College of Agriculture to really help those people within 
agriculture, within animal agriculture, just farming in general, you know, either tell their story or, you know, something along those lines to help them further their business and make other people understand what they do, what they do. You know, that's what the Animal Ag Alliance is all about. So I think it was a perfect fit for me. Um, we do a lot of things here. I'll, you know, we're only, you're talking right now to one fifth of the team. So there's only five people on our team, but we're a national nonprofit organization. And so we don't directly target the end consumer with um, all of our messaging or our, our projects or anything like that. So what we do is we say we influence the influencers. So we reach out to dietitians, to restaurant and retail people, to, you know, our college program reaches out to the college sector. We reach out to different parts, um, you know, different types of people, different groups that have influence on their followers and just make sure that they know that we're here as a resource. You know, if they have questions about animal welfare, sustainability, nutrition, uh, environmental stewardship, things like that, that we're here as a resource and can help them, you know, get in contact with either a farm near them or can, can help them get in contact with someone that can help them further understand what animal agriculture is all about. And it's crazy. There's only five of you there. Yeah, only five. So I used to wow. be able to say I was a quarter of the team, but we hired someone new. So it doesn't have as much uh, bang for the buck in that quarter, but definitely a very, still a very, very small team. But we definitely do as much as we can with our resources. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I think that's so cool that you all kind of teach the, the influencers about kind of how to communicate, which is really neat. Uh, what are some issues going on right now kind of in the animal agriculture space that you're kind of kind of trying to tell consumers or trying to tell influencers kind of how to communicate it. So what are some current issues going on right now? I think a big issue, it's, you know, it's nothing new, this idea of um, environmental stewardship, sustainability, that is nothing new, but I think a more new part of it um, is kind of how it's framed into the nutrition space. So there's this kind of new sector, if you will, called sustainable nutrition. So, you know, how do we basically, take care of our planet, but also make sure that we're sustaining our bodies as well. And so there's been a lot of news stories out there, a lot of different uh, groups popping up, a lot of um, you know, different groups in the space that are trying to figure this out. And unfortunately, a lot of that information comes from activist groups, which is another area the Alliance focuses on, is we do a lot of monitoring of animal rights activist groups or just anti-modern you know, modern animal agriculture groups. Um, so a lot of our members are either targeted by these groups or they're affected by these groups. Farmers and ranchers are impacted by these groups in some way. So we definitely keep our eye on those groups and make sure that our members are informed of, about them. And so a lot of the groups are, you know, saying, you know, you need to go all vegan to, you know, be healthy and make sure our planet is healthy. And so I think that conversation is a huge one. It's an important one. I think everyone in animal agriculture, you know, we're here to not only, you know, raise animals, but, you know, to create and to have a, you know, an end product that is both good for the environment and good for the consumer. And so there's a lot of passionate people in this conversation, but not all of us are on the same page about everything. Um, and so the Alliance is here to make sure that at least the animal agriculture side, we're all on the same page. We, you know, have the science behind us, but, you know, science doesn't always win the conversation. So how do we make sure that we're appealing to that end consumer or those influencers or the media outlet that's covering a certain story about plant-based meats or cultured meat or vegan meat or whatever it might be the next, you know, tomorrow. Um, I think that is a huge conversation. It's not going anywhere. You know, there's even legislation in the works um, about, you know, how to label these different things. Um, so I think that is a, really a number one 
conversation priority within animal agriculture is this whole environmental stewardship, but also sustaining our bodies as well. So that nutrition aspect. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting because I mean, we've interviewed a bunch of people. We've interviewed Derek Josie, who has a a dairy farm in Oregon and a bunch of other people. And he's very active on social media, kind of combating all these animal activists. And there are, they are so rude on some of the things that they say. And just so, I don't know, like I can imagine saying the things that some people say on, on the, on this, that they say on Instagram and I mean, it feels like that that side kind of goes on feelings and not on facts and science. And so that's great that you guys are kind of trying to use science to kind of back up what's going on. And what uh, what are some big things or some big tactics that you're telling people to use, especially on social media to kind of better educate people on what's going on? Yeah, um, so social media, you know, if you're not on it and you want to be trying to you know bridge the gap between farmers consumers or you know the rural population and the more urban population i think you're missing a huge opportunity um you know whether you realize social media is uh, a good option or not it's here to stay um and there's a lot of people on there so and a lot of you know activist groups are on there as well um so if you're not on there then they're going to be listening to someone else so first thing is just, you know, realize that it's, it is an important platform and, you know, whether you're a beginner or, you know, you're seasoned at it, there's always something new to learn. Um, but the first part is just starting. And I think a few things I would, you know, I tell our members who are either starting out or just need some, you know, refresher tips is, you know, don't try to conquer it all. Don't try to, you know, be the best on Instagram, be the best on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Pinterest, you know, just pick one platform that you really want to focus on. You know, you can have multiple platforms, but, you know, really pick that one that is really your, your pride that you really want to focus on. Um, another thing is stay consistent. You know, you can't start and then leave it for a week and then come back um, unless you, uh, you know, after you build a following and you, you have, you know, a million followers, you know, maybe you can get away with that. But if you're really starting out, you want to stay consistent. But I think the most important thing is, you know, when I ask people why they follow a certain page or why they follow a certain person or even, you know, why they follow a certain farmer. You know, I, um, I recently graduated uh, from graduate school and a lot of my projects there, a lot of my research projects were focused around social media and, you know, why aren't people who are interested in food, why aren't they following farmers or why, why aren't they reaching out to farmers? Um, So I think a big part of it is, you know, they follow people not because really of the content they share, but of because, you know, they follow them because of the values they see that that person has. So they follow, you know, this, maybe they follow this specific farmer, not because of all of the dairy things that she's sharing, but because, you know, she shares a little bit about her family. And, you know, this person can relate to that because they also have, you know, three kids and a dog. Um, so it's really that, you know, taking a step back from it and not just focusing on agriculture, not just focusing on the science, not just focusing on, you know, what the newest you know, food trend is that day, but really looking at it full picture and making sure that your values are coming through in your posts. I like it. That's all really good advice. And yeah, it's cool to see some of like the big agriculture personalities on Instagram or Facebook. They share a lot about their jobs, but they also share a lot about their family, kind of what they're going through and kind of their everyday life, which is really neat. We interviewed uh, Ranch Wives Beef Company a few weeks ago, and they share their day a lot, their daily lives on there, what they're doing, how their kids are, which is really cool to see what, what's going on with them. So, and they're very active and kind of 
combating misinformation, all that jazz. So that, that's all really good advice that you're kind of giving. Uh, kind of off the top of your head, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you all see about animal agriculture? Like, oh, chickens are pumped with growth hormones or um, the plant-based meat are going to be so much more healthier than regular beef. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions you guys see? I think a big one is um, myself and my colleague were just at the nutrition conference in Philadelphia last week. And so that's where all the dietitians gather every year to, you know, go to different sessions. And you know, we had a booth there. It was our first time exhibiting there. And so what we did is we had keychains to give away because you always have to have a no cool freebie to make people come up to you. Um, but we didn't want people to just kind of grab our keychains and walk away and never, you know, talk to us. We made them do a little kind of trivia quiz. And one of the questions we asked them, uh, a few of the questions actually, were, you know, related to this environmental uh, stewardship aspect of animal agriculture. And so we gave them a question. It was, you know, on a printed piece of paper with, you know, ABC options. So we asked them, you know, what percent, according to the EPA, what percent of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States come from animal agriculture. And so we gave them the options of, you know, 9%, 51%, 42%, and 4%. And nearly, probably 75% of them all picked the 51%. And so in reality, it's actually less than 4%. So when we told them, you know, once they got it wrong, and we told them what the right answer was, all of them were not only surprised, but they were very happy. They were glad. They were like, oh my gosh, you know, I knew, you know, it might not be good, but I was hoping it was good. And, you know, to know that now it is pretty good, they were just, you could see the confidence on their face. Um, and so I think a lot of these misconceptions aren't people, you know, trying to, it's not, you know, everyone out there isn't an activist, basically. You know, there's people out there that, you know, they're hearing from the activists, yes, and, you know, they're taking it with a grain of salt, but it's always in their back of their mind. So when they do hear from someone in animal agriculture, whether it be a farmer or someone representing a, representing farmers like myself, and they hear the truth behind it in a fun way that, you know, gets their attention, that maybe they weren't learning, they weren't expecting to learn something, but they did, that really sticks with them. And so, you know, those hundred or so dietitians that we talked to that, had kind of a preconceived notion about maybe you know animal agriculture is not really great for the environment and now they know that actually greenhouse gas emissions are less than four percent in the U.S. They're, that's going to stick with them. Um, so I think that's a big misconception is just the environmental impact. Um, let's see what's another one. I guess you know whenever we do share about chickens and hormones on social media it always goes viral. Um, so I think you know that's just going to be a long-standing misconception and I think you know a labeling aspect has something to do with it because you know when people go to the grocery store a lot of them that's really their connection with food is you know at the grocery store and so they see these labels that say you know this one wasn't raised with you know added hormones or steroids and so when they see another package that doesn't have that label maybe they think you know well this one has the label and this one doesn't so this one must have you know the hormones in it um, so I think you know we're always going to be trying to to beat that one out um, but I think the environmental impact is a big one today. And I, I think also the health as well. There, there's this kind of health halo around vegan, vegan dishes or, or plant-based meats or whatever you want to call them. And they're really, you know, there's still a lot to be said about them. There's really not too much research on them. And, you know, there's a lot of memes going around social media with the ingredient list of, you know, just a, a regular beef burger compared with one of the, the new the new burgers um, and 
it's very interesting. So I think that'll be another misconception is that health aspect of it as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of those memes that you're talking about, about the like the Impossible Burger versus like regular beef. And I think the Impossible Burger had about 60% more sodium than regular beef. And nobody's going to be thinking about that. So that's very, very interesting. Uh, well, that's really cool that you're kind of combating all this misinformation on social media and stuff. So I just saw on your Instagram, which is Animal Ag Alliance. Tell me about the Primed and Prepared Summit that you guys have coming up in what, in, in May 7th and 8th? Yeah, so that is actually our annual conference. And so every year we switch locations between Kansas City and the Arlington, Virginia area, which is where the Alliance is, is based. So this year we're in Arlington, Virginia, and basically it's just, it's our annual conference and we bring together all of those influencers that I mentioned before. So we invite dietitians, we invite you know government officials, we invite restaurant and retailers. Um, also, producers are very important uh, to be in the audience there, and it's really just a, an opportunity to hear a bunch of dynamic speakers go over different topics, different hot topics, you know, what's, what are people talking about right now, what's coming up that, you know, people aren't talking about yet, but they're going to be, you know, what's the newest thing that we need to be doing to help bridge this communication gap between farm and fork. Um, and it's also an opportunity for, you know, producers in the audience to shake hands with that restaurant CEO. Um, so it's a really great network, networking opportunity. Um, and so, you know, every year, it's every year in May. And so this year, the theme is primed and prepared. And so we really want people who attend to be confident, be prepared to have really any type of conversation that comes up about animal agriculture, you know, have something that they can bring to the table to help bridge that gap or help form that relationship with whoever it might be, whether it's someone in their local community, whether it's their cousin, you know, we all have that crazy cousin at Thanksgiving who is now a vegan. Um, so, you know, whatever it might be, you know, have those tools, have those, those issues, those resources in your hands that make you a better communicator. I saw that you guys have the College Aggies online scholarship competition going on right now. So what's the goal behind that? And what are some details you have? Yeah, so that is, you know, I told you that's kind of how I learned about the Alliance in the first place uh, back in my undergraduate days. And it's really, it's our annual scholarship competition. It, it's every fall and it's open to any college student interested in promoting animal agriculture. Um, so basically it got started, it was founded in 2009. And the reason it first launched was because we knew college students, you know, it's their first time away from home. It's their first time making their own food purchasing decisions. And we also know that animal rights groups, you know, bring their, their booths, their little um, videos, their buses to college campuses to try to influence that audience. And so we knew this was happening, but we also knew that the farm kids on campus, the ones, you know, on Auburn, we had Ag Hill. Um, so it was the people, you know, who either grew up on a farm or were studying agriculture on, you know, at college. They were passionate about what they were doing. They, you know, were learning a, a bunch of science and a bunch of facts in their classes, but they weren't really sure how to hold a conversation when they were faced with someone who disagreed with them or someone who just didn't see eye to eye with them about something. And so that's why College Aggies Online was first formed is to really help those students become confident and effective communicators for animal agriculture. So, you know, started in 2009, it's now 2019, it's still going strong. Um, this year, I would even say it's one of our stronger years, um, and that's because of the mentors we have involved. So every week, um, there's in the competition, there is an individual division, and there's also a club division. 
So individual division is based more on social media. So helping those students really create a social following, you know, get started on social media advocacy, really, you know, help them start out a blog or, you know, whatever it might be that, that really makes them want to stick with advocating online. And then the club aspect of it is more in-person. So hosting a booth, hosting a farm tour, hosting a movie night on campus. And the goal of those are to reach that, that audience that is not in those agriculture classes in your, on your campus. It's not to reach your you know, fellow friends, which I think is a big problem on social media in general is you know, farmers trying to reach that end consumer, but they're really just reaching their farmer friends. And so it's really not reaching their ideal audience, their intended audience. Um, and so we try to, you know, help those students when they're starting out realize that, you know, you know, having a lot of shares, having a lot of comments, that's great. But who are those comments from? Who are those shares from? Who's, you know, liking your posts? Who's asking questions? You know, are you really reaching those people you, you intend to reach or your, your goal audience? Um, and so reaching those people, you know, those, those true end consumers, those, you know, people that don't really have either way, they're hearing from the activists, they're hearing from farmers, but, you know, their mind isn't really made up yet. And so you've probably heard a lot of this term before, but the movable middle. Um, so a lot of people, they're either on one side of the spectrum or the other talking to people. Um, but the majority of people are in that 80% movable middle where, they're really open to any, any conversation out there. They're really open to learning. And so it's hard to reach that movable middle sometimes, but that's why the Alliance reaches out to those, you know, dietitians, you know, people that aren't necessarily within animal agriculture, but they're definitely connected. They're definitely making decisions about animal agriculture and animal proteins. Um, so that's how we reach that movable middle, but how can we make sure that college students are reaching that movable middle? So it's a nine-week competition. It goes through, you know, different things, whether it be, you know, we focus on the three main platforms, which are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but really, we just want the students to be as creative as possible, but also have some, some skills in their back pocket, you know, how to create an effective blog post or an effective infographic. What to do if, you know, you get some negative heat on social media, you know, what do you do? How do you, do you, do you respond? Do you not respond? Um, so it's really a nine-week competition all about that, and each week they are mentored by either someone within the animal agriculture industry, whether it's someone at an association or a nonprofit, um, but this year we brought in producers. We brought in people that are doing this every day, that are online, on social media, sharing their story, reaching consumers, making a difference, and we wanted them to be able to connect with our students to really say, you know, hey, I do this every day, and I don't do it to get paid for it. I just do it because I know it's important. Um, so we really make sure that it's a really great networking opportunity for the students. And at the end of the nine weeks, you know, each week they have a different challenge or a different social media theme to do. And so they get points every week for, you know, how well they do those. And at the end of the nine weeks, the students with the most points win scholarships. And, you know, those students are invited to our annual stakeholder summit and they're able to network there. And hopefully they're able to, you know, network and find, you know, their new newest employer there. You brought up a really good point. It's it's important to kind of build your audience, and it's great if you're getting likes and shares. Like I think it's the, the same thing about the podcast. Like it's really good when we get traction. But the important thing is finding out who those listeners or who those viewers are to make sure that you're actually getting consumers to listen to your content. So that's a really really good point. I like that. Um, so one thing I like to ask everybody is their thoughts on the farmer consumer relationship. So what do you think about it right now? You kind of 
see it from the farmer's perspective on kind of educating them on trying to better communicate with the consumer. So what are your thoughts right now on the farmer consumer relationship? Honestly, I think um, I'm kind of going back to both my work here at the Alliance uh, when I was in undergrad, but also my graduate school research projects where I went to George Mason University. So it's not a farm school at all. And so I was able to really, you know, reach that end consumer, those kind of average consumers who don't really, they don't have the background in animal agriculture. They didn't grow up on a farm, but maybe they're foodies. Um, and so I think in general, they have a very positive notion about farmers you know they i think in general people trust farmers but they're not really sure or it doesn't really cross their mind to reach out to farmers and so a lot of my research projects that i did you know a lot of the people they were very interested in food or you know they loved all the new food trends whether it was avocado toast or you know whatever it might be um but when i asked them you know towards the end of the the interview i asked them you know well do you follow any farmers online and they just kind of looked at me like a deer in the headlights and they were like well, no. And so I kind of, you know, would prod at them a little bit and I would, you know, try to figure out why they didn't consider following any farmers online when they were, you know, definitely interested about food. Um, and so a lot of them, you know, they, they agreed that, you know, following a farmer would probably be a good idea. You know, it made sense to follow a farmer if they wanted some answers about, you know, how food was produced or how it was raised. Um, but honestly, it just never crossed their mind. And that was the overwhelming answer I got was it just never crossed their mind. So it's not that they're trying not to reach out to the farmer. It's not that they don't trust the farmer. It just doesn't occur to them because we have this, this increasingly, you know, widened gap between farmers and consumers. Um, and so I think, you know, in general, yes, people want to have a relationship with a farmer if they think about it but they're not thinking about it. And so I think it's on us, on animal agriculture people, on farmers and ranchers to really, you know, force ourselves into the conversation, force ourselves into their social media feed. And so we can't do that just by talking about agriculture. We have to really bridge our gap and, you know, start, you know, there's um, one guy at Dairy Management Inc. is one of the Alliance's members and he is really great. His name is Don Schindler. He's one of our, College Aggies Online mentors this year. And his thing is his, he is huge into fitness. I mean, he's in the gym pr pretty much every day. And so how he kind of bridges that gap with himself is he takes fitness and he you know, has this fitness following on, online. And he has a lot of fitness friends, a lot of people on social media that follow a lot of fitness things. And so he's one of those people that they follow, follow. but then he also weaves in you know, some dairy content every now and then. You know, he weaves in, hey, after my workout, I'm drinking some milk today. Um, so I think that's a key aspect of it. You know, I said in the beginning how people really relate to values. Well, you know, to really make sure they relate to your values, you have to get in front of them first. And so making sure that you find that common ground, that you are relatable in some way. I think that's where you start and then, you know, you get that following and then you bring in the agriculture aspect of it. Yeah, that's a very interesting point that you brought out that people haven't really thought about following farmers. Like they're, you have these huge foodies and all this stuff, but it doesn't really occur to them they should follow a farmer to see where their food comes from. And I've, I've always told people that it's funny how we'll, we'll treat celebrity chefs like amazing, creative people, just like, you know, we'll treat them like celebrities. But farmers, we really wouldn't give them the time of day. So that's very interesting. And that's something that I hope you guys and we can kind of all kind of change. So what, um, 
what's the future of Animal Ag Alliance? What do you guys hope to accomplish in the future? Do you want to add a sixth person? So what's kind of the goal there with you guys? We would definitely love to add a sixth person. <laughs> um, we, you know, there's never a dull moment here between, you know, just all of the work we do with, you know, a different activist campaign with a different activist group popping up every day. Um, we did just launch a new website, so that's pretty exciting for us. Um, so I hope some of your listeners will, will check us out to learn a little bit more about us. But we have a ton of, you know, like I said, we're a member uh, organization, but a lot of our stuff is publicly available. So we have a lot of, you know, a social media guide, some social media uh, posts that you can just, you know, copy paste onto your own. Um, so if you are starting out and, you know, you want to do three days a week, but you really only have content right now for two days a week, don't be afraid to share other people's content. You know, that's a, a great way to, to get followers is to share people that, you know, you share their values as well. And so, you know, bring their, their content into your content. Um, I think that's something that people maybe think is cheating. You know, they're thinking, you know, well, I didn't create this content, so it's not as much effort, but it really is as much effort. You have to, you know, still create the, create the best caption for that content. You have to share with your followers, you know, why you're sharing this content, why you think it's important. Um, but you also have to find that content as well. So if anyone out there thinks that, you know, sharing other people's content isn't as genuine or isn't as, you know, authentic or, or doesn't take as much effort, you know, you know, don't think like that. Cause I think that is a really great, uh, tactic, uh, in your, in your social media toolbox to use is to, you know, use other people out there, use what's already out there. Don't recreate the wheel if you don't have to. Um, but as far as more about where the Alliance is going, like I said, uh, our College Aggies Online Scholarship Competition, I hope next year is even bigger. You know, every year we host our uh, College Aggies Online and both the Stakeholder Summit are two of our biggest uh, programs that we have. And each year we're somehow getting either more students signed up or more uh, attendees in the audience. And so I hope we're still able to, you know, reach those, those goals of reaching more people and having the best speaker lineup or the, you know, the, the most followed uh, college students online. Um, I think just keep it on top of all of these different trends and making sure that we have the resources not only for our members but for the public and making sure that we are staying in that influencer space that we're still making those relationships with those restaurants and retailers and dietitians and food bloggers or mommy bloggers um, making sure that you know those relationships are long-lasting. Um, I think a final one is to really, you know, we're great in the ag media, we're great at, you know, getting into uh, different spaces within agriculture journalists, uh, we're going to NAFB next week, which is the huge National Farm Broadcasters Convention, um, so we'll get a lot of uh, media spotlight from agriculture journalists there, but, you know, getting into that mainstream media, getting into the New York Times, getting into the Chicago Tribune is not easy. Um, and so making sure that, you know, animal agriculture always hopefully is balanced in the media is one of our, our one of, you know, our goals as the Animal Agriculture Alliance. Um, but making sure that we're also able to get some positive stories in those mainstream media outlets, I think, is a, a big goal for us into the future. All great goals. And we really hope you all continue to kind of spread the awareness about what animal agriculture is all about. So that's all really cool. Uh, so if people want to find you guys on Instagram or Facebook or if they want to learn more about Animal Agriculture Alliance, where can they go? So, like I said, we just launched our new website, so you can go to animalagalliance.org. Uh, we're on pretty much all the social media channels, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Uh, just search Animal Ag Alliance and, and we'll pop up. Cool. Awesome. Well, Casey, we wish you guys at Animal Agriculture Alliance the best of luck. 
we'll be following you guys. We I think that's how we found y'all on Instagram. So we'll be following y'all very close and best of luck with the summit and the scholarships. Great. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested, we have a deal with Herschel Supply Company. They make a lot of really cool clothing and accessory items. Actually have like their little slim wallet, which is really cool. If it's like four credit cards in there and a little bit of cash. So, you know, you're not like breaking your butt with a super, super three inch thick wallet, you know, like your dad has or something. So anyway, we have a deal with Herschel Supply Company. Go to our website, thefarmtraveler.com and go to the homepage and you will see in our partner section. So with Herschel's, if you follow the link, you will get free shipping on any order over $30. So it's a really cool brand. Check them out just in time for Christmas. Hope you enjoy it. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week. Now.